Welcome to Political Beatdown. Ben Micellis, Michael Cohen. We've got a lot to discuss. First and foremost, want to wish everybody a happy holidays, happy Thanksgiving. We want to thank all the Beatdown Brigade for being with us from day one. Our Patreon.com slash Political Beatdown community is booming. Thank you to all our supporters. They are all our supporters here. We are going to keep on growing this unapologetically pro-democracy community. Cohen, I've got a lot to discuss. Why don't we start with some Cohen news? You just filed a motion just before we went live. Can you tell us about this motion to quash that you filed, why you filed it, why it's so important? And then I want to move on to some news that I found very interesting, you may find very interesting, that the ex-Trump organization controller, Jeff McConnie, during his testimony earlier today, referenced a subpoena from an investigation that I hadn't heard about yet. There's a potential federal investigation, a federal subpoena out of SDNY. That came as a surprise. Don't know if he misspoke, but want to talk about that. First, let's talk about the motion of Cohen. I should say first, how are you doing? Um, I'm hanging in there as per usual. You know, sleep, of course, as I wrote in the um, op-ed that I posted on the Midas Touch uh, website. Uh, you can go to MidasTouch.com and you can read it. Um, yeah, sleep is still a little bit problematic for me. You know, right before coming on Political Beatdown, I uh, did my podcast, actually, that's going to air on Friday, obviously, because of Thanksgiving. And I have Congressman Jamie Raskin on. So I ask everybody to go to Mea Culpa. Make sure it's the blue background one. It's a fantastic conversation just about everything that's going on, thank you there, Salty, that's going uh, on right now in Congress and all of the troubles that so many of them are having on the Democratic side, considering the Republican side is so out of control. They're Not only are they fighting with the Democrats, they're fighting amongst themselves. They factioned off and one of the things neither myself or uh, Jamie could fully understand, Congressman Raskin could understand, is while they're still fighting and while the GOP is as dysfunctional as they are, Trump still somehow manages to be leading the twice impeached, four times indicted, 91 charges. You have sexual assaulter, you know, business, uh, you know, uh, fraud, yada, yada, yada. I mean, it just goes on and on. And yet somehow or another, he continues to lead the pack of, you know, of fools. So I don't get it. Now, Going to this motion to quash, uh, you may remember when I received it, uh, you, my brigaders, were actually the first to know on that as well. But in the motion, this it, it, the subpoena, uh, Duchess Tecum, which is for documents, some of the crazy things that Donald actually asks for. Well, number one, he wants to take a look at my cell phone. He wants all communications. When I say all, I'm talking about all communications, every single email, text, blah, 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 from 2017 all the way to the present. On top of that, he wants transcripts, notes, emails, text, tapes between me and former current prosecutors uh, on behalf of the staff of or the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, including ADA Mark Pomerantz, Detective Rosenberg, U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York, FBI. I mean, it's absolutely insane. Then he also wants 
taxes of mine. He also wants, uh, from January of 2015 to the present, documents sufficient to identify all the clients that I was working with. Uh, he wants, I mean, this is really unbelievable, all the copies of all of my manuscripts for both of my books, both Disloyal as well as for, as well as for Revenge. The first thing that happened was the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, they filed a motion to quash. This is, forget about overbroad, it's unduly burdensome, and it also lacks relevance. One of the things that you know we talk about in my motion to quash, which you can read, uh, it's actually up online. One of the things that we talk about in our document is the fact that I'm not the defendant here. Donald is. And what he's doing is he's acting as if he's government. You know, the government would ask you for things like this. They would then get a subpoena to mirror your phones, your electronics, and so on. Donald is not the government. Somewhere along the line, this guy doesn't even know that he's the defendant in the case. I am a subpoenaed non-party witness to that case. There is no relevance to any of the information that he's asking for, he or his lawyers. And so, again, the DA already put their motion to quash in. Ours was just filed literally 30, 35 minutes ago. Uh, my brigaders, you are the first to know that it's there. And short of that, there's no doubt in my mind that the bulk of this, if not all of this um, subpoena, will be uh, dismissed. So, happy about that. The only problem, and I want everybody to remember this, this is a nonstop battle. Every single time that something goes on with Donald, it is always against me. We just finished, for example, the $500 million uh, lawsuit where he walked away from it. And as soon as that was over, then I got this uh, subpoena Duchess Tecum. But before that, there was another action that was filed, then another, and then another. And this is what Donald does. They wear you down emotionally. They wear you down physically. They wear you down financially until ultimately you say, I can't do this anymore. Look at what happened with Jeff McConney today. Now, just to give you an idea, Jeff McConney is roughly the identical size in height and weight to Donald. And here, this six foot three and not 215, this six foot three guy is breaking down on the stand. He can't take it anymore. You know, he why he's once in a while. I was just doing my job. I was filling in. I was doing the banking statements. I was putting, uh, you know, reconciling bank accounts, moving money from here to there. How all of a sudden is he now the subject of uh, X, Y, and Z, possibly being investigated himself by the Southern District. We don't know that. Everybody, including Adam Klassfeld, reached out to me to say, hey, do you know anything about this? Which I don't. But that's the Trump playbook. It's to wear everyone down while simultaneously sending a message, a very clear and concise message to anyone who's willing to testify or to acknowledge a valid subpoena to get you to testify, anyone that's going to do that, you are going to be the recipient of Donald's ire and 
lawsuits and subpoenas and so on to the point where just financially you start to choke and it's just constantly on your head, including a $500 million lawsuit. So it is a warning shot across the bow, so to speak, to anybody that's willing to work with government and holding Donald Trump accountable. And it is exhausting. And we saw that today, to your point, Jeff McConney, Donald Trump's former controller, was recalled to the stand in the defense case as he was being asked questions by Donald Trump's lawyer. McConney broke down, hysterically crying. They had to bring the bailiff, had to bring him tissues. And he was saying, I just I can't believe this is happening to me. I can't believe this is happening to me. All I was doing, I thought I was just doing my job. How could this happen? And then as he was saying that he let it slip that there may be this other subpoena out there. But he went on this narrative about how his life has been destroyed, how his life is over, how he got brought into all of these cases and investigations. But, you know, let's not forget that on the cross-examination, he did testify that he was told by Weisselberg to engage in misconduct and to engage in fraud and that he was aware of that taking place in real time. And so, you know, but, but to see McConaughey act that way, and to your point, Cohen, that's how Donald Trump wants to break you. And I think it's a microcosm, though, of how Donald Trump wants to break this country, right? He wants this country to be McConaughey. That's how he treats his followers, right? It's like, I just thought that I was being patriotic. I just thought I was being helpful. I love my country. How did I get into this? And then he doesn't care. He throws you under the bus and moves on to the next one. Sure, he'll sing a song with you and call you the J6 choir if he's making money on it and release it on Apple Music and then brag about it and use you as a punchline in his speech. But when it comes to the court, right, he's singing songs with the J6 freaking choir. He's making music. But what does he do in court? Motion to strike inflammatory allegations. What are those inflammatory allegations that you're saying Jack Smith put in the indictment? Oh, the relationship with the J6ers? who you are singing songs with and you're saying there. And so special counsel Jack Smith's like, he's out there partying with these people. And now you're saying in court that you don't want to even be associated with them in court filings. That's the type of person he is. And Cohen, you've warned us about this for years and years. This is who he is. He yeah, he's is going to throw McConaughey under the bus, just as he's thrown everybody under the bus. No, he just doesn't care. It's all about protecting the king. That's how he sees himself, and that's how he expects everybody. He doesn't care if Makani. Look, Makani is a divorced guy. He's got, you know, he's got kids. I could understand the pressure that he's under. I don't think he's still working at the Trump Organization. So you could only imagine it is, it is basically impossible for anyone, myself included. Where do you find where do you find the job when you turn around and on the top of your resume it lists Trump? Not to mention he's now a household name for people who are following this trial. I mean, this is now McConaughey's second time coming back, and each time that he comes back, he's getting destroyed on the stand, and he's also at the same point in time burying. The Trump Organization, the uh, cross on this was absolutely fantastic. 
from what I heard, I was speaking with a couple of reporters, some journalists that were in the courtroom, and they were like, you know, you don't even have to say a lot. You have to ask the same questions that they asked the first time around. So, Mr. McConney, at some point in time, you filled out some forms for Alan Weisselberg. Is that correct? Yes. And can you tell us what were those items that you were filling in of the value, for example, of 40 Wall Street based upon the income for? Was that number correct that was given to you by Alan Weisselberg? And he says, no. So he says, can you tell us how you got to that? Well, we presumed that we were going to sell out or rent, um, lease out all of the space, 1.26 million square feet of the building. And we also then took the highest price per square foot that was achieved so far to date. And then we multiplied it times what was the remaining left over. And that, of course, is how we came up with the number. And then we turn around, we figured out that there's a multiple in order to um, you know, if you were going to sell the property, excluding the fact that they don't own the land, it's a land lease property. So the whole thing is all figazi, correct? And they'd be like, yeah, well, who told you to do it? <laughs> Alan. Well, would Alan do that on his own? Or would, would he have to sort of clear that with Donald? And of course, we all know the answer. He'd have to clear it because Alan wasn't authorized to do anything on his own. Everything had to be through Donald. And this is the whole problem. Yep. So why in the world? And I said this about Don Jr. I said it about some of the people that they decided to bring back, whether they're going to bring Eric Trump back. Why would you put your son in harm's way, knowing that he lies like a rug, right? that nothing that he says is going to change the outcome here? This is a dollars and cents case. They've already lost the liability. This is a disgorgement case. What benefit is it to have Don Jr. get up there with a PowerPoint presentation? All you're doing is opening the kid up to either a perjury trap or to have to provide testimony that's contrary to the position that you want. It made no sense to me, other than the fact that, he, once again, Donald is willing to sacrifice his kids for his own protection. He's willing to sacrifice McConney for his own protection, the same way he sacrificed me in order to protect himself, plain and simple. Yeah, this is a case that's based on undisputed evidence. That's why summary judgment was granted in favor of the New York Attorney General's office, why it was granted in favor of Letitia James, because Judge Goran says, I don't even have to look at the... Hmm evidence that James is trying to, let me just look at the financials, the Trump organization. Okay. Mar-a-Lago is a commercial property where a deed was executed saying it will forever be used as a club. But then you represented that it was a residential property. So to one group of people, the tax assessors, you said it was a commercial forever deeded as a club. And to lenders, you said it was residential. Let's take a look at the triplex. It's actually 10,000 square feet. You said it was 30,000 square feet. Let's look at 40 Wall Street. Let's look at all of the pro all of the properties have something like that and how you just described it cohen that allows them to get at an inflated 
fraudulent valuation. And here's the thing as all of these MAGA splainers tried to go over with me. Well, Mar-a-Lago's clearly 150, 200 million. Have you looked at Zillow.com? And I did, and I'll go look. I can see that if you go look at other residential properties nearby, yeah, I could see that Mar-a-Lago, if it was a unencumbered residential property, could be valued at $150, $250 million. Sold. You can convince me on that. But it's not a residential property. And not because Judge Ngoron flipped the script and changed it and divined it to be otherwise. It's because Donald Trump encumbered the property and said it's a commercial property forever intended to be used as a club so he could pay less property taxes. He's the reason why it is devalued. And if it was a residential property, it would be different. And here's the thing. I crave to have that honest conversation. And in all of these instances, the MAGA Republicans don't want to have those conversations. And they just want to say, it was the judge. Judge Ngoron did this. Or when they claim that Judge Ngoron said to Donald Trump, I don't want to hear what Donald Trump has to say. And that's not what Judge Ngoron said. He said, I'm not here to hear Donald Trump just talk. I'm here to listen to his answers. The MAGA Republicans defending him and Trump chop yep. off what Angoran said and then just want to deceive us. They want to manipulate us. And that's what pisses me off. Give me the full record and let us make intelligible decisions. But they act like Putin. They act like Kim Jong-un. It's all propaganda. Well, they did the same with me. You know, what they did is they took one line out of a 500-page transcript and then they tried to make it, oh, Cohen was lying, Cohen was lying, you know, and so, yeah, but- Three lines down, I explain that there's a distinction between the words specifically. Now, they leave that out for the press, right? But it was there in the transcript, one line out of 500. And then again, three lines down, I explain that when it came to the word specifically, no, Donald did not say Michael and Allen. I want you to inflate the numbers from five and a half billion to eight to nine billion, whatever the number might have been. What he would say was, I'm not worth five and a half billion. I'm probably not even six. It's more like seven or even eight. I want the two of you to go back to Allen's and then come back and see me. We know what that means. That's his mob code, his mob code to inflate the numbers. Mind you, one thing that has not been discussed too much is not only did he overinflate the assets, but he also deflated the same assets yep. for tax purpose, which shows you the scheme that he was doing. And that's something that I don't think has gotten enough attention so far. But rest assured, there's no doubt in my mind, we all know where this case is going, and it's not going to be beneficial to the Trump organization or Donald. Where is it going to go after that? Obviously, it's going to go to the appellate court. And Donald's goal is to delay, 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 because as every day goes on, and I'm sure many of you are reading the newspapers or watching television or wherever you gather your news from, you're seeing, crazy as it may sound, the Mandarin Mussolini is gaining speed. And I don't get it. He's gaining more traction amongst the GOP. Who in their right mind? wants to see America turn from a democracy to an autocracy. I mean, you would have to be insane to want that. 
You would have to be doubly insane to want Donald Trump as your authoritarian ruler. I mean, what the hell are these people thinking? And yet they're they're providing money. They're providing support. They go out there, no matter what Donald does, no matter what he says, no matter what the courts say, no matter what prosecutors say, no matter what the people like myself who know him better than anybody, because we were by his side for so long. No matter what we say, they have a better answer for it. Well, Donald Trump's going to build the wall. What? Now they have Latinos for Trump. There are three or four of them standing by the wall between Texas and Mexico. And he's building steam with Latinos, with Hispanics, with blacks. And I don't get it. This is a guy who refused to mention George Floyd's name. This is a guy who turned around and said that all Mexicans are murderers, rapists, drug dealers. Oh, that's, I mean, some of them are uh, good people, but you know, that they're committing all sorts of atrocities. They're coming in with diseases. They're rats. They're vermin. I mean, we need to round them up. We need to deport them. What the hell are we talking about? And who are these people that have decided, that have decided that this is the guy who we want at the helm, the guy who holds the nuclear football? I mean, come on. It's why so many times Ben and I, on whether it's Midas Touch Network, whether it's Political Beatdown, Legal AF, the brothers, the Micelles brothers, it makes no difference. Wherever you hear on this network, you're always hearing the following. Please make sure that you're registered to vote. Please make sure everyone in your home is registered to vote. Your neighbors, your colleagues, everyone, just ask them, are you registered to vote? Because this is not going to be the landslide that I certainly was hoping for. Sadly, I think it's going to be a lot closer. And the scariest thing is the New York Times article that came out yesterday at Trump. He's Again, don't take my word for it. Don't take Ben's word for it. We're not trying to be hyperbolic. We're just passing you the raw and unfiltered facts. I didn't write the article. It's written by the New York Times. Trump is turning around and broadcasting the fact that if and when he wins, he's rewriting the Constitution, and he is going to weaponize the Department of Justice to go against every single one of his critics. That's a scary thought. Because how many times have you heard me say the following line? One of the reasons I'm fighting so hard, one of the real, one of the major reasons I'm fighting so hard is because what they did to me, making me the first political prisoner ever held by my own country, by our country, because I refused to waive my First Amendment constitutional rights. My biggest fear is that he's going to do it again. And next time it's not going to be me. It'll be you. It could be God knows how many people, members of the Supreme Court, members of Congress, judges, lawyers, television show hosts, Ben, myself. I mean, it makes no difference. Anyone that pisses him off is going to be subject to incarceration or worse. Well, because I mean, the, guy wants now, to kill, the guy wants to kill General Milley. Well, and also Bill Barr. I mean, Bill Barr, they now view in MAGA Republican world. I don't give a shit a about rhino. Bill Barr. I don't but give just, a shit about Bill Barr. I'm <laughs> with you. Well, 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 here's the thing, though. But the point I want to make is that for them, Bill Barr was not extreme enough. Bill Barr, they call deep state. So if Bill Barr was not extreme enough for them, 
That tells you everything you need to know where they don't consider Bill Barr as a Republican. And they well, say Bill, Bill Barr, Barr was Barr. deep state enough when he was doing Donald's bidding. It was only after when he left office 10 days early, right, because he refused. And then he comes on TV now. Oh, well, Donald Trump didn't win the election. Oh, mm -hmm. oh. And I told him that. Ah, fuck you, Bill. Actually, the right, off the bat, right off the bat. Uh, I'm, I'm going to hold back. I'm holding. I'm it was holding almost, back. It was almost a two-finger salute right there, but you exercise the necessary restraint. One of the things that fascism relies on, though, is this idea of inevitability, that fascism is going to win, that it's bigger than it is. How do you always have, historically, 20%, 25% of a population, that's the fascist portion, take over the remainder of a population that supports democracy and law and order because fascism wears people out. And eventually the general public goes, oh, enough, I can't take it, fine, get what you want, just just do it, get it over with, and just and, and then gives up and, and lets go. And then what fascism does is it comes after you. There is no letting go. I mean, it is existential right now. And that is why it is so key that what we continue to do, and one of the metrics that I think is significant is the metric right here on Midas Touch, that on this digital platform, more people are watching the Midas Touch network than CNN or Fox or MSNBC. And what we're talking about is pro-democracy, is facts, is evidence. The fact that people listen to some of the hot takes that I do where I go through court documents and it takes a really long time to do that, or Cohen, it's an 11-minute presentation you make going through the evidence, some of that could be tedious. What that tells me, people want data. They are sick and tired of being gaslighted. And I think that is how the silent majority of Americans feel. And it is important that we continue collectively as this beatdown brigade community to share the truth, to share the data, to share the evidence, to share the videos. That's why we show you, here's what's being said. Here's what's being said. Let me show you this one, for example. I want to talk about Alina Hoppe for a second. And I want to talk about this story on uh, that was just broken by In Touch, how Donald Trump's lawyer, Alina Haba, and her husband owe over $1 million in liens and warrants, and In Touch covers that. We'll talk about that in a moment. But I, I want to remind you of this, of this, though. This is when Alina Haba floated the idea during the search warrant being executed on Mar-a-Lago back in August of 2022. Just think mm -hmm. about where we are right now. And I want to remind people of this because this is not only what Alina Haba was saying. This is what Trump was saying. This was what all of MAGA was saying. They had all the members of Congress and senators supporting them saying that the FBI planted evidence at Mar-a-Lago. And that's what happened during the search warrant being executed. Remember this? Watch Alina Haba. Play this clip. This is a joke. This is memento. And quite honestly, I'm concerned that they may have planted something. You know, at this point, who knows? I don't trust the government. And that's a very frightening thing as an American. If I didn't want to be an American and go to another, this is third world stuff. We've heard it. This is Cuba. This is this is not our country. People are. By the way, that right there, Cohen, was really the ascendancy of Haba in MAGA world. When she was willing to go there, saying the FBI planted it. Among other things, Trump was like, yeah, that's what I'm yeah, but don't for. Don't forget, too, because she was sidelined. Meanwhile, here's the thing, my brigaders. Every one of these stupids 
and there's no other way to describe them, these dopes, every one of them ultimately gets sidelined. Let's take a look at Sydney release the Kraken Powell. Take a look at Eastman, Chesbro. Look at Rudy Colludi, drunken Giuliani. Look at uh, Alejandro Brito, the guy who was representing Trump in the $500 million lawsuit. Look at Taco Penis. What happened to him? You see that asshole on television anymore? The answer is no. You can go on and on down the list of lawyers that they were front and center like Habadaba over there babbling Trump's bullshit. She got sidelined for a while. If I'm not mistaken, didn't she come out at one point in time, Ben, and say, I'm stepping away from the legal front, but I'm going to become the spokesperson for Trump's PAC. After she was sanctioned a million dollars in the Southern District of Florida by Judge Middlebrooks, she came out with that statement. Yep. Well, where is she? She's back there and she's just touting and spewing the Trump nonsense. And this is what he's happy with. As I like to call her, the future ex-Mrs. Trump doesn't understand. He's going to throw her under the bus too. Why? Because she screwed up. She screwed up royally. How? She forgot to check the box for jury trial instead of bench trial. So when they ultimately lose and when she falls out of favor, what do you think that he's going to do? He's going to sue her for malpractice. I mean, that's just what Trump does because the next Alina Haba is going to come across and say, hey, Donald, I got to be honest with you, right? You know, she really messed up something serious. The reason that you lost, not because he did anything wrong. The reason that you lost is because you didn't have a jury. You had a bench trial from a judge who is a lefty, you know, Trump-hating lunatic, blah, 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 with a law judge that is, you know, funding the Democrats and they're all Soros. Fun I mean, they'll just go on and on. And he'll be like, yeah, you know something? You're right. You're right. She screwed up. And then he's going to say to him, well, why don't you just file malpractice action against her? She's got to have some insurance, even if it's a million, two million, three million, whatever the heck she has, and she's going to lose. I mean, that's just fact. And that's assuming that she even ends up keeping her license after some of the antics that she's pulling, both in the courthouse and outside of the courthouse. You know, to, to be fair, you know, what her argument was and what the judge also said is because it's a disgorgement equitable case, there may not even be a jury trial out. And, and to be fair, the judge did make a comment to suggest that even if there was a box to check, there would not be an entitlement to a jury in an equitable case. Now, that doesn't, to me, excuse the conduct, though, in the Southern District of Florida, where she's on record in an interview saying, Donald Trump told me not to file this case against Hillary Clinton and 20 other people that we were going to lose, but I wanted to file it anyway. I mean, that type of lawyering, I would think, is very suspect. But I, I do want to say, because because the, the issue of the check the box, don't check the box, Judge Ngoron did say that he doesn't believe that there would be the right to a jury but, trial. Listen, even how it would have ultimately ended up Again, you will never know, I will never know, the brigaders will never know, 
because she didn't check off the box. And it would have been at least be an appeals issue. They file every type of right. That's right. So look, let's take let's take a look at this story quickly. And I want to talk about it when we come back, though. This is the story from InTouch. Donald Trump's lawyer, Alina Haba and husband owe over one million dollars in liens. And as you look through the story on these recorded liens, a lot of them are attributable more to her husband uh, than her. Um, but according to this article, you're talking about 2016 liens against her husband and LLCs associated with her husband of 484,000, 93,000, 179,000, um, and against her in kind of smaller amounts. And on the one hand, I would say the bigger amounts are more egregious, but then the smaller amounts also make you think like, why do you have, if you're Alina Haba and you're being paid a thousand dollar lien, come on. Yeah, look, look, look at this disclosure though, of what, um, how much she was paid by Trump, according to this financial disclosure report right here, uh, about $1.5 million just through that pay period. So this may be somewhere twice that three times that as much, and you still have a, a lien in the amount of one third, $1,000. That's, I, I want to talk about that. And then when we also come back Cohen I, I got to show you these clips Donald Trump's clearly like in a panic today as he's making these weird videos of himself yeah. um and and set no makeup videos of himself and then this speech that he gave I got to get your reaction to this where he was bragging that the Taliban called him your excellency and he brought he brought up unprompted in a high school gym, golden showers and hookers. And this is a gym. I had a teacher at that high school reach out to me and say to me, what do we tell our students with that type of behavior? I want to get your take on that. I want to remind everybody about our Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash political beatdown. That Patreon community is booming. We're about to have our next meetup meeting. We're going to be announcing that soon. It's going to be end of November after Thanksgiving. Meet Michael Cohen. Ask Michael Cohen uh, your question. He will respond to him on that Zoom meeting. He tries to get through as many questions as he can during that time. Also, you could direct message him and hear about different stories that he shares on our after show. We have some great after show content. It's an exclusive podcast that you can just access at patreon.com slash political beatdown. We don't have outside investors here, so it's one of the fun ways that we try to grow this platform. We got a lot to discuss. We've got a big audience right here watching live as we approach Thanksgiving. This is Political Beatdown, and we'll be right back. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend you check out Miracle Made's bed sheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics and makes temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Using silver infused fabrics inspired by NASA, Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long so you get better sleep every night. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. Miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than sheets used by some five-star hotels. 
Miracle sheets are the perfect gift for your spouse, friends, or family who doesn't want better sleep and luxurious feeling bed sheets. And since these come with three free towels, you get two gifts in one, just in time for the holidays. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Bacteria can clog your pores, causing breakouts and acne. Sleep clean with Miracle. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat to try it today or gift it to someone special this holiday season. And we've got a special deal for our live listeners. Save up to 40%. And if you use our promo beat, B-E-A-T at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. That's great. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat and use the code beat to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Again, that's trymiracle.com. T-R-Y-M-I-R-A-C-L-E dot com slash beat, B-E-A-T, to treat yourself, a friend, or loved one on this holiday season. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating clean. Let Green Chef take the work out of eating clean this holiday season with chef-crafted, nutritionist-approved recipes featuring fresh ingredients with nothing artificial. Choose from recipes featuring lean proteins like turkey and sockeye salmon, barramundi tilapia, scallops and shrimp, certified organic whole fruits, vegetables and eggs, and plenty of whole grain options. Eat clean the easy way with recipes that help manage your weight and support your wellness goals without skimping on flavor. Feel your best this November with seasonal recipes featuring certified organic fruits and vegetables, organic cage-free eggs, and sustainably sourced seafood. Sounds good. Also, Green Chef offsets 100% of their delivery emissions as well as 100% of the plastic in every box, plus nearly all packaging materials are curbside recyclable in most areas in the United States. Deliver anything you need to eat clean the easy way this November. Feel your best with chef-crafted, nutritionist-approved recipes packed with clean ingredients that support your healthy lifestyle and taste great, too. I love Green Chef. My absolute favorite is the spicy chicken and broccoli stir-fry delicious. For Green Chef's best deal of the year, get $250 off with the code BEAT250 at greenchef.com slash BEAT250, B-E-A-T-250. That's greenchef.com slash BEAT250 with code BEAT250 to get $250 off. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Welcome back. Thank you to our pro-democracy sponsors right there. I want to get to Alina Habba in just a moment, but during the break, got some breaking news about a hearing to revoke the bond for Harrison Floyd, one of Donald Trump's co-defendants in the Georgia criminal RICO case. Judge McAfee found a technical violation but did not order and remand Harrison Floyd into custody, but gave a warning and basically said the next time you will be remanded into custody. You know, it's an interesting one because you know, Judge it's interesting. Mac- it's always favorite when it comes to Trump, it's always the next time. The next time, the next time. Let's then I take offense to it because 
I was given 48 hours from the first time I ever heard from the SDNY, from anyone, that if I didn't plead guilty on that Monday at 9 a.m., they're filing an 80-page indictment. It's going to include my wife. I mean, for God's sakes, if this guy violated the law, if Donald Trump keeps violating these gag orders, oh, next one, next one. I mean, how are we ever going to put a stop to it? Michael Steele today on MSNBC, he lost it. He lost his shit, and I love Michael Steele. Again, if you listen to my Maya Culpa podcast, he's been on it a couple of times. He's fantastic. He turned around and he said, there's only one way to deal with Donald Trump. There's only one way to get him to stop, to stop the abuse and to stop the, the denigration of our justice system, and that's to lock his ass up. And he said that on MSNBC, and all of a sudden you see like, you know, Joe and Mika and everybody else sitting there and laughing. It's not a laughing matter. I get it because it's Michael Steele's. I gotta lock his ass up and it's on cable television, which you don't normally hear the former head of the RNC say. But this is not a joke. This is the truth. He is day by day, inch by inch, foot by foot, you know, mile by mile. He is eroding the Department of Justice and people's belief that anything is going to happen. And that's a real problem. It's also one of the reasons why he's doing well. It's This is such a bizarro. It's like bizarro land because nothing makes sense. You know, and one of the issues that Judge McAfee was confronting is these are the exact type of violations that Trump himself is committing all the time. And so people were pointing out, I mean, here you have Harrison Floyd, um, and then you have Donald Trump, and why aren't you going after Trump, whereas you're going after Harrison Floyd? And I think that was part of what the judge's decision was. Now, now here's what I want to see with Judge McAfee, but like Cohen, as I've said before, it's easy for me to sit in an ivory tower or um, the living room where I sit all day and be like, well, I see what Judge McAfee was doing here. Strategically, that makes sense. I mean, look, you lived it. You were in solitary confinement for 50 plus days. days. And and when you went through that and you see justice being dished out unequally for far more serious violations than something that you did, which wasn't even a violation, just a refusal to waive your First Amendment rights. I mean, at a personal level, you feel that way. So. It, when we have these conversations and we used to have before political beatdown, we would chat about it offline. And now we bring all the conversations here uh, to everybody. I, I always want to recognize, though, as you mentioned, I mean, you were a political prisoner. They threw you in solitary confinement because you refused to waive your First Amendment rights. And then you see all these other Trumpers engaged in serious violations. And it's like, well, I'm going to give and you a slap on the wrist and I'm going to do uh, the, the, the the next time. I want to show you, though, right now. Yeah, let's not forget and Trump himself. You know, I mean, two seconds after they lifted the gag, what did Donald do? He went right at the judge and the law clerk. I mean, like I've said before, he's like a petulant child. You tell the guy not to stick your finger into the electric socket. Not only is he going to do it, but he's going to lick his fingers before he does it too, because that's who he is. When you tell him no, all of a sudden, he's like, I can do whatever I want. And that's what he's really showing people. 
You know, and here's the thing too, when these issues go in front of uh, court of appeals, the appellate division or the DC circuit court of appeals, and those appellate justices aren't at the trial judge level. So they're not the ones experiencing the threats to their family members and their kids when Donald Trump makes a post like that, the way Judge Ngoron is, the way Judge Ngoron's law clerk is. It's easy for an appellate judge to say, but what's the issue here? All they're doing is posting a photograph and she posted it on her Instagram. What it misses is the totality of circumstances, Mm -hmm. the overall conduct and what Donald Trump knows he is doing and what he is causing. And as you always said, he talks in mafia language intentionally so that there could be this vagueness and ambiguity, which to me, going back to what we talked about, you know, you know, even earlier and earlier shows just goes to show you how cowardly these people are, because Donald Trump doesn't go and say, here is how I actually feel about it. Sometimes he does. But a lot of times he speaks around it, but knows exactly what he's doing. And then when you say, oh, is this how you feel? I never said that. What are you talking about? I never said that. And, and that's just the gaslighting that I'm so sick and tired of. Anyway, I want to show you quickly Alina Haba right here. According to this story, as I mentioned before the break, her husband owns owes massive amount of liens. According to this in touch story, she owes small amount of liens. And it's always like, it's always projection and confession with these people. So speaking of profe- projection and confession, though, I, I want to show you these videos that Donald Trump posted of himself um, earlier uh, in the day um, without the makeup, too. It's like very jarring seeing some of these videos. So he makes these videos, posts them, and he knows that he's vulnerable if this election is about democracy he knows that he loses the election. So what does he do? In the Putin-esque propaganda, he makes videos saying, I am the protector and defender of democracy. Let's make this about democracy, knowing that legacy media is not going to do a thing about it. Here, play this clip of Trump saying, if Crooked Joe wants to turn this election into a question of which candidate will defend democracy, I say bring it on. Here, play this clip. Nothing about crooked Joe Biden and the anti-democratic party has anything to do with defending democracy. So if crooked Joe wants to turn this election into a question of which candidate will defend our democracy and freedom, then I say, bring it on. Let's go, Joe, bring it on, because you are a corrupt person. You're the most corrupt president in our history. And by the way, the most incompetent president in our history. Oh, he's talking about himself. And, yes, and, and all, is, you know, to, to, in revenge or in, even in disloyal, I always talk about Trump's deflection. And you and I have engaged in so many conversations about this, Ben. It's all about deflection. Take a look at my book, for example, Revenge. What's the title? How Donald Trump weaponized the United States Department of Justice against his critics. So what are we hearing? We're hearing Donald Trump saying, Crooked Joe, Crooked Joe, yeah, the most corrupt, weaponizing the Justice Department to go against his his uh, political enemies. So he changed the word critic to political enemies, like what we talked about the last time, where he changes one word from Hitler's language to his own language. He changes a word in order to benefit himself. That's just who he is. It's all about deflection. He knows that he was incompetent. He knows that his four years accomplished ungats. 
Nothing. Zip, zilch, nada, nothing. And so what does he say? He sees Joe Biden's record and his people tell him, you know, about what's going on, obviously. But they say it by couching it in the fact that it's not really the way that the press is saying it. You know, you would have done better. You would have done. It's amazing the ass kissing that goes on inside that small group of Donald's. But he knows that Biden is doing, whether you like Joe, all of his his um, policies, I don't. But you still have to appreciate the fact that this man, who they keep calling old, who they keep calling cognitively impaired, has done more in two years than Trump did in four. He's done a half a day, maybe 20 times more in the three-year period than Trump accomplished. You really can't point your finger to anything beneficial to America that Trump actually accomplished. And then look to see where we're at with the Biden administration. And it angers me if you, on one hand, you have Trump who accomplished nothing, it's over here. And then you got Biden that's like this, right? So all of a sudden, it's like, who really should be kicking ass in these polls? The economy's doing well. There's, I mean, less unemployment. I mean, it's there's so many different policies that have been worked out bipartisan. Trump couldn't get shit done bipartisan. And so it's very angry. And what also angers me is the fact that the DNC is the worst when it comes to messaging. Trump accomplished nothing, and his message makes it seem as if though he's like Caesar coming through the gates of Rome. It's unbelievable. Well, look, I think that the DNC was built at a time where they've got to figure out and 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 they've got to realize that it's got to be rapid fire. You know, you you can't play the old game against these MAGA tactics because the warfare is so asymmetrical. You have to immediately rebut everything and you can't just wait for a press conference or, you know, just like a hearing where, by the way, Democrats crush at those. They do great. You put a Moskowitz and a Goldman and a Raskin in a hearing with a Comer and a Jordan. And it's like, it's like, it's like, whoa. And so what Democrats and pro-democracy needs to think more about and what they need to recognize also, symbols are important and you can't ignore that. As you get really deeply in the weeds of issues that benefit American people, what you have to also remember is the power of symbols. Now, MAGA, they co-opt the symbols whether it's the flag, the constitution, whatever, and they say that that's theirs. And that was one of the things that when I started getting involved in starting Midas Touch, I was like, they're taking away my flag. That's my flag. That's the democracy flag right there. And they're putting Trump on it and they're using the flag to do horrific things. No, that's not what the Constitution says. I love the Constitution. I love our flag. I love our country. I love our democracy. And Democrats need to say that loud and proud. Americans love this country. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't address systemic failures and systemic issues in intelligible ways. But we can say, 
as the pro-democracy community, we love this country. We love this constitution. And we can say we can fix these things and fix these things. And we also have solutions. And we need to repeat that over and over again. Democracy over dictatorship. Democracy over dictatorship. Democracy over dictatorship. And I could say it over and over again. And Democrats need to be aligned. Democracy over dictatorship. Donald Trump, $8 trillion Trump, $8 trillion debt, $8 trillion debt over and over and over again. And you may go, well, Ben, that's like them, da, 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 da. And I go, that's, that's how you have to message. That's what you got to do. Uh, are we trying to win? We could win on policy, but we also got to win the messaging game. And you got to just hit the points over and over and over and over again. And the facts are on our side, Michael Cohen. Right. The facts are right. Donald Trump added $8 trillion in debt. Donald Trump tried to undermine our democracy. Donald Trump is out there giving speeches about golden showers and hookers right now. I mean, <laughs> why aren't people pouncing? Donald Trump's out there singing songs with the J6 choir. I want to see pro-democracy people out there every day loud. You don't have to wait for it. Just do it. Go out there and do it. I think we're going to see more of that. But look, we've got to lead the way. This pro-democracy community, the political beatdown brigade, the Midas Mighty, we've got to lead the way. We can't just wait, though, and go, oh, they suck. They're not good. Da, 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 da. We've got to be the leaders that we want to have. And that's what we're going to do as this unapologetically pro-democracy community. You know, I got to tell you, Jamie Raskin said the same thing to me. And again, you'll if you tune into Maya Culpa, uh, the blue background one, you'll hear on Friday, Jamie Raskin, we, we talk about it, where he turns around and he goes, thank you for all that you're doing and uh, the Midas Touch Network. Thank you for all that you're doing, because it's really because of communities like yours that we're still even in a race. And he goes, you know, there's only so much that he can do as a member of Congress. There's only so much Dan Goldman or Congressman Steve Cohen or, you know, Hakeem Jeffries, you know, they they are doing the work there on the legislative side, but it's communities like this that organize, that get out there, things that we're able to do, they cannot. And for that, I thank each and every one of you again for being a part of this community. If you can, you know, obviously something that Ben and I talk about all the time, we are not uh, part of despite what they want to say. I am not paid for by Soros. Never met him, never took a dollar from him, never took a penny from him. I have no idea where that even comes from, but that's just part of their lines. This is, um, you know, this is a completely independent network. And so to those of you who can uh, join the Patreon, um, you know, obviously it helps a long way to keep this raw and unfiltered channel uh, moving. So if you can, it's patreon.com forward slash political beatdown. I am so looking forward to seeing everyone. Uh, I'm going to be angry at those of you that don't turn your cameras on. It's nice for us all to see who we are. It's we are a community. We are a family. And the closer that we all get, the more that we're able to get the next person into the family. The bigger we are, the stronger we will be, and the better that 2024 will go. And I again, I don't say this to be hyperbolic. This is by far the single most important election that any of us have ever seen, whether it's the first time you're voting or the 30th time that you're voting. I'm telling you right now, 
This is the most important one. And the bigger we build this community. So I'm going to ask each and every one of you, ask a friend to join us, to join us on Thursday, to join us on Tuesdays. It's 4.30 to 5.30. And again, if they can, join the Patreon. It helps. It goes a very long way. But I just ask, have one person. Let's double the community each and every week. Could you imagine if we do that? By the time, if we could double the community, that's each person only asking one person a week to join. By the time that it's election time, we will be 70 to 80 million strong. Could you imagine what you're talking about? We're talking about being able to ensure that there is a massive blue wave that the Democrats take back the House, we'd still control the Senate and retain the White House. That's the goal, because anything shy of that will keep Trumpism alive. And as I said, the last lines of my book in Revenge, Trumpism is fascism, and it must be eradicated from our body politic. Now, before I end up letting Ben have the final, let me just say this. My two-finger salute does go to Bill Barr. I was going to give you the assist. Can I give you the (laughs) What's that? I was before you do it. I want to give you the assist. I was looking forward to this moment. I'm going to give you the assist with the two finger salute. So I've got the ball right now. Let me show you Donald Trump in Fort Dodge, Iowa, at a high school gym. A high school gym. This is what he talked about in his speech. Play the clip. He was with four hookers. You think that was good that night to go up and tell my wife it's not true, darling? I love you very much. It's not true. Actually, that one she didn't believe because she said he's a germaphobe. He's not into that, you know? He's not into golden showers, as they say they call that. He's not. I don't like that idea. No, I didn't. I thought that would be a big problem. I was going to have a rough night, but that one she was very good on. She said, no. All right. Now I give you the assist. Yeah. Look, it still goes to Bill Barr. We all know Trump's an idiot. Could you imagine, though, if you're a student in that school and you're watching, um, what if you're what if you're 12, 13, 14? Ma, Dad, what's a golden shower? Uh, yes, son. Uh, yes, daughter. I mean, could you imagine that this is a conversation that a president of the United States of America, a former president of the United States of America, He's talking about golden showers and his wife not believing that he was with four hookers and she, you know, he's a germaphobe. How about just spare me? And as much as he deserves the two-finger salute, no, it's still Bill Barr because Bill Barr has never come forward. He's never turned around. Look, Cassidy Hutchinson did it. She did it, as far as I'm concerned, too late. Uh, You know, she did it to promote her book, no problem. Um, You know, I think she's still a very brave, um, you know, woman uh, to come forward. I know what it's like to be on the other side of Donald. It is a horrible, horrible place, but you got to do it, and she's doing it. I just wish she would have done it earlier. Bill Barr hasn't even done that. Why doesn't he come out and turn around and say the things that Donald told him to do? Instead, he clams up. He's trying to keep his reputation intact. But until he does that, Bill, you get the two-finger salute, you fucking bloviated asshole. All right? Thanks to assholes like you. And the next asshole that's going to come in is going to do all of Donald's bidding, just like he did. He gets no pass. He wants the pass, but he doesn't deserve it. 
And as far as I'm concerned, Congress, if in fact in 2024 that 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 um, that they end up taking back the House, Jamie Raskin becomes literally the uh, you know the majority leader of the House Oversight, and he will start. And they will all start bringing them in, and they will get to the bottom of it. Right now, they are hand-tied. They can't do anything because the majority leaders, the majority is controlled by the Republicans. And unless it has to do with Hunter Biden or Joe Biden and sex tapes and, and you know the computer, they're not interested in anything. They're constantly just going on the attack off of you know bullshit. And it's, again... It's such a waste of our money, of our time, of our congressional um, you know, leaders of their time. They're accomplishing nothing for America. How great would it be if they were working on things like um, you know, the migrant issue, if they're working on you know, um, infrastructure, they were working on things that benefit America, right? Food to ensure that everybody has internet and that there's food. And, and so, I mean, this is what they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be working for the benefit of America. They are not. These Republicans are working for the benefit of one person because they believe that if he wins, they rise in the um, oligarchy and that they will become America's oligarchs. How stupid are they? No different than these mega, mega, gagillionaires like the Elon Musk. The day that Donald Trump becomes president, Elon Musk loses all his money. That's if he doesn't lose it first on Twitter and everything else with exploding rockets. Same thing with Zuckerberg. Same thing with every one of these mega billionaires. Mega, he's going to take their money. And everyone says, come on, it's not possible. You can't do that. Bullshit. All right. What he did to me in terms of the unconstitutional remand was a practice run. Now he knows what he needs to do. January 6th insurrection, his, his little army, right, of, of idiots running around with Kevlar outfits, bear spray, you know, baseball bats, guns, et cetera, right? This paramilitary group, it was a practice run. Now he knows what to do. Rest assured, that's all that's on this guy's mind. He will violate the Constitution. He will violate what is the norms of how America runs because he doesn't care. And you heard it first from me. So far, I've been right each and every time. I know him. I know what he's thinking. And I'm trying to warn the world. Well, we're not going to let that be right. The pro-democracy community is going to come together and ensure that democracy prevails here in the United States. And by the way, to those people who say, to be fair, Donald Trump was accused of doing those things that he talked about in that uh, video that we just showed you in 2016. He was accused about it in 2016. Nobody's talking about that right now. Unprompted at a high school, he is bringing that up on his own. You know how many things President Biden is accused of falsely? Do you see President Biden walking around and talking about all of the accusations that are made against him? No, you know why? Because he's a leader and leaders rise above that stuff because that's what we want in a leader. By the way, Donald Trump was found liable of sexual assault by a jury in the Southern District of New York. That was a provable accusation that was found to be true by a jury of his peers in New York. But you want to say that, well, Donald Trump was 
Biden's accused of a ton of things. That's not the way people behave. And if you can bait somebody like that, then those people do not need to be around nuclear weapons. One other thing, that's an understatement. One other thing I want to mention as well, Roger Ailes started building Fox back in the 1970s. Nobody saw it coming. They repealed the fairness doctrine. And before you knew it, the entire media landscape changed and America was subsumed by all of this propaganda. What we're building here at Midas Touch is a way to combat that. There's short-term what we need to do, and then there's generational what we need to build. And this community right here is building the short-term and the generational. This is what we devote our lives to here at the Midas Touch Network, and we are so grateful. We are so honored for this community that you all built. Thank you so much. We're going to keep building this together. Spread the word about the Midas Touch Network, about Political Beatdown. Make sure you're subscribed on audio to Political Beatdown, to the Mea Culpa podcast on audio as well. Great guests there. To the Midas Touch podcast, to the Legal AF podcast. Subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to the blue Mea Culpa, not the red. The blue Mea Culpa and Political political Beatdown. Thank you all so much for watching. It's patreon.com slash political beatdown. We're going to shoot the after show right now. Thanks again. We're in this together, folks. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. (laughs) 